Welcome to the ongoing story of the Bible, Season 4, Military Maneuvers. The life as a nation is spiralling out of control. From the high priest Eli down, the people fail to keep God's laws either wittingly or accidentally. The people are making their own gods, with the rules changed to suit the circumstances. Now the days of Israel's judges are numbered. Episode 8. The glory has departed. A Levite rests on Mount Ephraim. His concubine has left him and returned to her home in Bethlehem. After four months, he travels to fetch her, but her father delays their departure with good hospitality. Finally, after many days, the couple leave and break their journey home at Jebus, Jerusalem. They arrive late at night in the town square and are welcomed into the home of an old man. In the night, local men arrive and demand that the Levite man is given to them so that they may sleep with them. The menacing callers from the tribe of Benjamin threaten aggressively. To calm the situation down, the host offers his daughter and the Levite gives his concubine. The men abuse the women all night and in the morning, the concubine is found dead on the doorstep. Now, the Levite takes her body and divides it into 12 pieces sending one piece to each of Israel's tribes. The Levite calls the nation to take action and a civil war ensues. 400,000 men assemble and decide on a plan and unite against the tribe of Benjamin. They consult God at the tabernacle and he says that Judah should lead the battle. They fight at Gibeah, meaning hill, and consult God about the battle plan. Once the war is over, the tribes decide that none of their daughters should marry into the tribe of Benjamin. But instead, Israel gives Benjamin permission to steal wives from non-Israelite towns. So Israel battles against the people of Jabesh-Gilead, killing everyone apart from its virgin women. They call the tribe of Benjamin to Shiloh and give them a gift of 400 women. But there still aren't enough women, so Israel suggests a second source. At a forthcoming festival in Shiloh, the Benjamins may lie in wait for women visiting the vineyards. When the festivities start, they may catch the women. Then the tribe returns home to mend their cities. The time is now around 1100 BC. Israel is once again attacked by Philistines who kill Eli's two sons and steal the Ark of the Covenant. And as predicted, the priest Eli, who is now old and overweight, hears the news, falls from his chair, breaks his neck and dies. His pregnant daughter-in-law, Phineas's wife, goes into labour and dies in childbirth. She names her child Ichabod, meaning the glory has departed. In one day, the child's father, grandfather and the presence of God in the Ark of the Covenant is gone from Israel. Now the ark is no longer in the tabernacle in Shiloh. God's presence is separated, exiled from Israel. But the five Philistine warlord kings, who have five cities, take the Ark of the Covenant as a trophy to Ashdod. They place it in the temple of their grain and fertility god Dagon, a merman-like idol, and strange things start to happen. Dagon's statue keeps falling down, bowing to the ark, and eventually its hands and head break off. Then the Philistines get boils and their priests remember the stories of God's Egyptian plagues. So they decide to give the ark to their Philistine neighbors, including five gold mice and five gold boils. 
the golden offerings representing each of the five Philistine kings. Then they put the ark on a cart and send it to Gath, where it is refused. And then it is sent on to Ekron. The ark is causing too many problems, so the Philistines decide to return it to Israel. Now the Hebrew priests make a burnt offering, using the cart as firewood, and they sacrifice the cattle pulling it. But God's Ark of the Covenant is viewed irreverently, and 70 curious locals decide to take a look inside. Their curiosity costs them their lives. So the people of girjath Jerim are summoned to take it away. It is taken to the region of Gibeah, meaning hilly, and placed in the home of a man called Abinadab, meaning noble. Now, Samuel the prophet is still alive, and he becomes high priest after Eli's death. He is also the military judge of the nation and calls the people to meet him at Mizbah. He prays for them and says they must get rid of all foreign gods and be dedicated to God. So the people make sacrifices, but they are sitting targets for the Philistines who approach to attack. Their soldiers are met by a thunder from God and they flee. The Israelites pursue them, killing many as they retreat. Now, as high priest, Samuel has an annual circuit, which includes visiting altars at Bethel, Gilgal, Mizbah, and Ramah. But like Eli before him, Samuel too has family problems. His own sons are corrupt. Samuel is also getting old, and the people don't want his sons leading when he dies. As God had told Moses hundreds of years before, the people want to be like other nations, and they ask for a king. You can read the story in the Bible book of Judges and in the Bible book of Samuel. The picture of marriage, love and fidelity is used continually in the Bible story. Now the order of man and woman as equals is twisted. There is no love between the Levite and his concubine. It's a relationship of convenience. The woman left the man and returned to her family for comfort. The Levite went in search of her, not as her husband or lover, but as her owner. The concubine is abused by her common-law husband, even before the attack by the Benjamites. Her Levite common-law husband treats her like property. He shows her no mercy, no kindness, giving her life for his own good night's sleep. He takes her body in anger, mutilating it and sending it to his fellow countrymen. Israel's retribution justice starts with God, but is followed by decisions based on their own wisdom. God told them not to marry foreign women, but they sanctioned this to maintain the tribe of Benjamin. Listen in for the next instalment of the ongoing Bible story. These podcasts, called Full Circle, are based on the author's best knowledge at the time of production. They have been created from the Bible texts, commentaries and historical studies. The Bible is God's living word, and its story and learning is unfolding and ongoing. Thanks to Bible translators, some of whom gave their lives to give us its words, you can delve into its pages and start your own journey of discovery today.